good evening. We're not quite at our cap. We're well within our limits here for COVID restrictions, so that's good. Um, you all know the rules. They're posted here and there around the church, and you have seen them on signs at grocery stores and everywhere else. So please do your best to be wise and to abide by those restrictions that have been placed on us so that we could do what we're doing here this evening. Um, if you're visiting with us, make a note of attending this service in your calendar. You're welcome to leave contact information with me after the service so that we can get a hold of everybody here if there was some need or reason to do so, but um, we are not filling out attendance lists or anything like that. So um, we're very glad that we have this opportunity. Um, I think I'm gonna point out since Christmas Eve is a little bit different for us in the CRC, many times we've had our service on Christmas morning, that contrary to a lot of the songs and poems and literature that's out there, Jesus was born in the evening because from all the way back in the book of Genesis on, there was evening and there was morning one day. That's how the Hebrews reckoned it. And if you think of the timing of the angels appearing to the shepherds who were abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks, when? By night, right? So Christmas Eve, the evening before Christmas, if this was the day, and we know that it probably wasn't, but Jesus was born in the evening. Jesus was born at night. And um, it's always good that we have the opportunity to remember that, to realize that into the darkness of our world, God sent his son and God sent angels to herald that birth and to declare glory to God in the highest. So I want to just open with a word of prayer and then we'll begin with the lighting of our Advent wreath for Christmas Day. Father in heaven, thank you that you have brought us together here this evening. Thank you that we have this privilege to gather and to worship, even with restrictions and masks and all of the things that are so different for us this year. Nevertheless, the truth shines through that you loved this world and you sent your son, not to condemn it, but to save it, so that whoever would believe in Jesus would not perish, but would have eternal life. Lord, above all of the trials and struggles and afflictions and misery of this broken world, that truth continues to shine. Jesus Christ, our Savior, is Lord. We have come to worship, receive the songs that we sing and the prayers that we offer and the time that we devote to hear from your word this evening. Be glorified in us and through us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. We light these candles. 
as a reminder that the light of Christ has come. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All these things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You can stand during the songs. Go tell it on the mountain. seated. Just a bit of a word of explanation. We most often use the English Standard Version translation in our services, but because I just love the poetry and the rhythm of the King James, particularly when it comes to these very, very familiar Christmas texts, we're going to be using the King James tonight. So it will be up on the screen and various readers, and if we stumble a little bit, over some of those old-fashioned English words. Just be gracious and forgive us. We will do our best. Thank you. Uh, this is not 
which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross.
And it came to pass in those days that there were, it went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that the all world, sorry, that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Corinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of, of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that when they were there, the days were accomplished that she would be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Infant holy, infant lowly. Chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Please be seated. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by, by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. The Christian 
18 to 20. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all they had heard, it wondered at those things which were told. I think I skipped there, sorry. I'll go back to 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And they that heard it wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you that not only are you there, but you are not silent. You have spoken through prophets and patriarchs in the Garden of Eden and all the way through under the Old Covenant, proclaiming the good news that Christ was coming. You have spoken by your word and spirit, and you have spoken through Jesus Christ, the living and eternal word, born in the likeness of men. Father, he lived the perfect life suffered on the cross for our sin, took our penalty into himself, died, and was raised up for our justification. We thank you for this precious, unspeakable gift. And Lord, we pray that as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, we would keep in focus that which matters most, that he did this for us and our salvation, and that he reigns always and forever at your right hand. We pray in his precious name. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian, for every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So far the reading from God's word. Of course, the first verse in this very familiar passage 
from the book of Isaiah has been part of our Advent candle readings every week through this season. We've started off with that idea that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light hath shined, a verse which is linked in Matthew chapter four to that time when Jesus withdrew from the area around Nazareth and going into the region of Capernaum, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, Matthew tells us. And verses six and seven too are very familiar, almost always associated with this Christmas season. We almost always read these. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Our Advent series last year was based on Handel's Messiah and even Handel makes much of these parallel declarations and of the refrain that's attached as well, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And besides, it makes for a really great Christmas card, doesn't it? The thing is, that refrain, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, it's not a prophecy about Bethlehem. It's not a prophecy about a baby in the manger, a son first given and then wrapped in swaddling clothes. Rather, it's a prophecy that looks beyond Bethlehem. It looks beyond the swaddling clothes. It looks beyond the manger, beyond all the trappings of this holiday season as we know them so well. It looks straight past that stable and onto the throne, onto that great declaration also familiar to us thanks to George Frederick Handel's magnificent choral setting, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Of course, Handel, and I can't remember the name of the guy who put together the the oratorio itself, but they could not leave it there they had to import another text from the book of Revelation. Chapter 19, hallelujah, hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. And isn't that what Isaiah prophesied in chapter nine? And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful, count the mighty God the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And further, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. I always say I'm not going to preach at these. I'm just going to share a few thoughts, and it always turns out to be preaching. That's Okay. <laughs> But this evening, to keep it short, I want you to consider the implications of the final statement that I read from Isaiah chapter 9, where the prophet said, the zeal of the Lord of hosts. The zeal of the Lord of armies will perform this. And at Christmas time, we come to understand that this has indeed come to pass. A child has been born. A son has been given. As 
Charles Wesley once wrote, long our imprisoned spirits lay fast bound in sin and nature's night. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The zeal of the Lord of hosts has accomplished this giving us his son, made of a woman, made under the law. But understand this, that statement, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this, applies to the whole passage. It applies to the whole of scripture. It applies to the part about the child being born that we've been thinking of for a month now. But it applies equally to the part that says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The kingdom, the dominion, the authority, the reign shall be upon his shoulder. And it applies to the part that says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. Because there is nowhere in all of scripture, where the gospel is characterized as simply the gospel of the incarnation. That's true. The incarnation is good news. The incarnation becomes the best news ever for those of us who need a savior. And that, frankly, would be every last one of us. It would be everyone who has ever lived, and it is everyone who ever will live. But it's not just the gospel of the incarnation and it's not just the gospel of salvation throughout the New Testament in the gospels, in Acts, and even in the epistles. It's called the gospel of the kingdom. Because not only did Jesus come to save us, he did. But he came to save us from our sin and he came to fix a broken world. He came to reconcile creation, to reconcile all things to God. And so as there was that evening long ago when a child was born and laid in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes and angels appeared to shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night saying glory to God in the highest. So surely a day is coming when the Lord will return. When the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, then the crooked will be made straight, places, a plain. Then the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then every eye will see him, and every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And what's more, then we will be like him. John the Apostle tells us, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is, not in that poor lowly stable with the oxen standing by. 
we shall see him as he is enthroned in heaven at the right hand of the Father where he shall reign forever and ever. In the song Linda and Rachel sang a little bit earlier, the king gave up his crown so we could ever reign with him. And now the highest praise of all belongs to Jesus' name. This is the gospel. This is the blessed hope of the church. And ultimately, this is the meaning and the message of Christmas. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice. From henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen and amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you always keep your promise. You kept your promise to send your son into the world, to bear our sin and shame, to die for us, to save us from our sin have kept your promise to set him upon the throne of this universe as king of kings and lord of lords reigning even now from your right hand and father you will keep that promise that one day he is coming again we look forward to that day and we pray even so come lord jesus we ask this in your holy and precious name amen going to ask you to stand and join us in a confession of faith. This is the Ligonier Statement on Christology. It's not one of the official standards of our church. You have to love technology. I bet Paul never once had this. <laughs> I was saying, this is not one of the official creedal statements of the Christian Reformed Church of North America, but it is a really, really good summary of the Christological portions of the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. And I'd like you to join with us as we confess our faith in these words this evening. We confess the mystery and wonder of God made flesh and rejoice in our great salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. With the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Son created all things, sustains all things, and makes all things new. Truly God, he became truly man, two natures in one person. He was born of the Virgin Mary and lived among us, crucified, dead, and buried. He rose on the third day, ascended to heaven, and will come again in glory and judgment. For us, he kept the law, atoned for sin, and satisfied God's wrath. He took our filthy rags and gave us his righteous robe. He is our prophet, priest, and king, building his church, interceding for us, and reigning over all things. Jesus Christ is Lord. We praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen.
just after the benediction, we're going to end our service with Silent Night, Holy Night, which in normal and, and better times often involves like passing candle flames. And we just felt like with social distancing and everything else, we probably couldn't do that. So those of us who are up here on the platform are going to have candles, but even we're wimping out and using battery-powered candles. But you have to use a little sanctified imagination in this. And um, hopefully by next year, you know, what do they say that the Jewish people say at the Passover every year, next year in Jerusalem? Well, next year, hopefully in heaven. But if not, then maybe next year things will have returned to something more like what we are accustomed to when we come together to worship. So meantime, go in peace to love and serve the Lord our God. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen.
Thank you for coming out this evening. Blessings on your Christmas Eve, what's left of it, and Christmas Day tomorrow. Um, for those of you who are of a Reformed background, we're just hoping for Erez I God. Tune in Sunday, come Sunday, and we will end our service singing glory to God in the highest. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord our God. <laughs>